Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hi guys, glad you made it tonight. Um, hope you're out there. A few of you anyway will get on here pretty soon. We want to just give everybody a few minutes to uh, come on board with us and jump in here. Uh, so we can keep an eye on things. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, your first day of shelter in place. Uh, don't know how that went for you. Hopefully well. I see Kayla's out there and Jessica. You guys are out there. Hit like. Uh, let us know you're there. Uh, look at that. My wife even joined us tonight. That's always cool uh, to have her. And uh, we've got two Kayla's tonight. So how about that? You guys are really representing well. Got up this morning and uh, went out on my front porch. It was about the time people usually, uh, you know, get up and are headed to work and the streets are pretty busy. And I look out and there's nothing at all on the street. I, I put a couple pictures up a little bit ago. And just to make it more fun, we had this creepy, eerie fog kind of roll in. It was like something out of the movies, you know. Uh, so that was uh, an interesting, interesting start to shelter in place. I don't know if you guys saw that, had the same experience where you were or not. I see Nancy with us tonight, Brittany, good to have you, Christine's out there, uh, Josh and Levi too, so awesome. We got any other teenagers out there tonight? If you are, uh, put your name up there, give us a shout out, let us know you're there. Um, kids, any kids out there? If so, hi, Pastor Ruthie says hi to all of our kids, if we got any of you out there watching tonight. Uh, also, listen, hey, uh, like I said, like, if you're just coming in, like, so that we know you're there. And uh, also, if you know anybody else that's not a part of this group that might it might enjoy uh, a little bit of a Bible study on a Wednesday night, especially through the prophecies of Daniel for the next few weeks, uh, send them an invite and uh, share this with them. And maybe we'll have some others jump in. I think we had like 17 uh, people that asked to join the group just after last night's prayer meeting alone. So that was kind of fun. Uh, that was kind of cool. Uh, Kim Witt's out there. I see Sandy's on now. Hi, Sandy. Good to have you guys all with us. Hey, listen, a couple of things we're going to do tonight. We're going to get into our Bible study here in just a minute, and we're not going to keep this super long tonight. Uh, and I know those of you that know me very well probably don't believe that, but we're really going to do our best to make that happen. Um, but a couple of things we want to do tonight is I, you guys that know me well enough know I like to have interaction, so I'm not sure how this is going to work. Uh, this is my first time ever trying to have kind of a teaching time online. So we're going to give this a shot, though. So I'm going to there'll be a few few places in there where uh, I'll ask some questions. Uh, hi, Ginger. Hey, Matt. Glad you guys joined us tonight. I see Stacy's on there now. Um, so I, when we do that, I like to have some of you respond and we'll try to get you engaged in this a little bit as well uh, as we do this little bit of Bible study through Daniel. Um, Scott made it. Hey, our youth pastors there. Hi, Scotty. Good to have you. Man, I've got the hook up here on my desk. I've got my old-fashioned actual paper Bible open because uh, I'm trying to cover all the bases. I've got my Bible on my phone uh, just so I, I've got a fallback. I've got notes. I've got a computer. We're actually trying to do this tonight with a podcast as well as going live on Facebook. Uh, so hopefully that'll work out for us. Um, so hey, let's dive into this a little bit. If you are just joining us, we're doing a Bible study tonight. We're just going to dive into God's Word in the book of Daniel. And we're going to start this first week in Daniel chapter 2. So you guys all jump over there with us, and uh, we're going to dig into this a little bit. Now listen, Daniel 2 is this 
49 verse uh, chapter, okay? So there is no, I could read the whole thing to you all and you would be bored out of your mind. So we're going to read it in pieces and parts and we'll get as far into this as we get in the next little bit of time. And uh, if if we don't get through the whole thing, which is quite likely, there's always next week, which is, which is cool. Uh, let me start out with this. Um, let's see, we got Robert out there now, Brenda. Brenda made it and Ginger and Shelly. And Stephanie, I see, is there. So awesome, Robert. Good deal. Miss you too, Scotty. Hey, Mac Mac made it. Mac and or Pat. I'm not sure which, um, but that's awesome. Glad to have you guys. Daniel is one of those books. Let's jump into this. Daniel is one of those books that is two, two genres. Two, it's, it's so it's history and it's prophecy. Now, I, I just let me just lay a little foundation here. I want you guys to think about this for a minute, okay? In the sense that it's history, it's history to us, okay? I mean, obviously, it was written around 600 BC, so 600 years before Jesus. We're talking back about 2,600 years ago, this book was written. Uh, so for us, obviously, a lot of what's written is history, but for them, it was current events. So that's just something to keep in mind as we go through this study in the next few weeks. The other part of that, though, is it's a prophetic book, and by prophetic book, um, I mean, it's it's a book where God is speaking through the prophet Daniel. And a lot of times you've heard me talk about prophecy is either foretelling or foretelling, meaning either it's uh, thus says the Lord, God giving a message to his people, or sometimes, and really uh, many times this isn't the way prophecy works, although we think of it that way, it's foretelling. In other words, it's telling of future events. Well, Daniel is one of those books where a lot of the prophetic words in it really are foretelling. They're things that are for the future. But here's what we're going to see tonight as we look at Daniel chapter 2. Um, when it was written for the people that it was written for, it was prophecy in the sense of foretelling. But the biggest majority of that's already happened. So for us, we're looking back at it as history. And there's places in there, however, where things haven't happened yet. And we're going to see that here in just a few minutes where it's still uh, in that prophetic sense for us as well. So that all being said, um, you guys, I, I just want you to see a little bit of that overlap. Uh, Bob's with us, and I'm just trying to watch this string in case anybody has any comments or any questions along the way. Uh, I'll try to catch those, and if not, put them up again, and uh, I'll, I'll try to catch them. So Daniel chapter 2, let's do this. Let's go to Daniel chapter 2, and let's just start with verse 1. And there, and, and again, you, you all that know me know this. I, I like application. I like to know what does this word, this piece of God's scripture have to do with my life and where in the world I'm at right now. So let's do this. Let's just start with verse 1. It says, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. And, and I want to just stop there for a second, okay? So Nebuchadnezzar's king. He's king of Babylon. Uh, Babylon is, they rule the world, okay? These guys, they, they are by far the one and only world power. They control everything at that moment. And the kingdom of Babylon is led by Nebuchadnezzar. So he is the king and he is the kingdom. It's kind of, that's the way that this thing thing goes. Um, so here's what I want you to think about tonight. And here's a question for you. Maybe some of you can shout out an answer for us, okay? In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. Now, this is what I want to ask you tonight. Are there ever instances, because obviously um, this is a situation where this man's sleep left him. He couldn't sleep. He was deeply troubled. Can you think of some other instances 
um, where God uses dreams, or or maybe not even dreams. Let's go a little broader than that. God uses circumstances to actually, absolutely grab a hold of the mind of uh, a leader, a world leader, uh, a country leader, a national leader, um, in a nation. Can you think of some instances where that's the case? Anybody uh, got any thoughts on that? And I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a hint. Um, we might be sitting right in the middle of such an instance right now. You think? Maybe? Nobody's going to respond. Awesome. There we go. I see King David. Matt threw something out there at us. Yeah, King David had all kinds of stuff thrown at him, didn't he? How about this? Um, anybody, can you say coronavirus? Things that will... Ab- do, you, do you suppose that where we're at right now nationally keeps our president up at night? Do you think maybe that's a possibility? See, i I got to say I probably do. Um, for Nebuchadnezzar, it was a dream. Uh, for Franklin Delano Roosevelt, it was World War II. Uh, for Winston Churchill, it was the Germans are going to cross the channel soon. Uh, for George Bush, it was uh, 9-11 and dealing with terrorism. Uh, and, and I'm not saying by any means that God causes those things, because I don't believe that he does. But what I am saying, and this is what I think is so applicable to us and what we as Christians need to grab a hold of and believe and, and understand is God is in control. And he could even use the circumstances and the messed up stuff that we manage to do and do to ourselves. He can use those to get a hold of the mind and the heart of a nation, including our nation right now. You know, I remember 9-11. I remember the people that poured into churches on on a, a noontime in the middle of the week, literally leave their jobs and go to a church because they wanted to pray for their nation. And, and I believe it, there's something powerful in understanding that even though when things seem to be going crazy around us like they do right now, uh, the reality of it is God's still in control. And we can get that out of chapter 2, verse 1. In the second year that Nebuchadnezzar reigned, it was the second year as leader, uh, his spirit was troubled because he had this dream. And, and, And so here would be another question for you. I want you to think about this for a minute, okay? When a world leader or any leader has nobody to turn to, or at least has no God connection. Let's just go that way with it. Who do they turn to? I mean, just think about it in, in, in terms of our president and past presidents as well. When when they if if they're a leader that doesn't have a God connection, where do they go? And and I think we can see it in um, I don't know the pundits. They go to their advisory boards. They go to their cabinets. They go to academia. They they go to a lot of resources, which isn't in and of itself a bad thing, because sometimes those guys can be really good sources of information. Many times they can be. But let me let me just read this to you in verse two. Let's move on a little bit here. Then the king commanded. So his, his spirit was troubled. Then the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dream. So they came in and stood before the king, and the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. And then the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever, tell your servants the dream, and we will show you the interpretation. Now, here's the reality of it. Here's what I want you to see. There is a place for legitimate, um, experienced, uh, knowledgeable, uh, wise uh, counsel in any leader's mind, but there are also those that will want to be around them that are nothing more than, as Daniel puts it, they were the magicians, the enchanters, and the sorcerers. And as we read on through this story, Nebuchadnezzar calls these guys in, and if I read on through it, let me just paraphrase it for you. He says to them, hey guys, 
Um, I've had a dream and I'm really disturbed about this and I need you to give me the interpretation of the dream. Okay. That's what they said. Okay, no problem. And I got to wonder how often, even in our country, that happens. The president comes in and says, hey, we got this problem. What's your recommendations? What's your suggestions? And, you know, when it's put out there and there's no consequences, uh, it's easy to say, well, this is what I do. This is what I would do. But Nebuchadnezzar, I I think, um, this is my opinion. This is my, my, my personal perspective on this. Nebuchadnezzar was getting wise to these guys. He was realizing that, you know, maybe they aren't as wise as they want you to believe. So what he did was he said, guys, I want you to tell me the interpretation of the dream. And they were, sure, king, we can do that. Not a problem. But then he went on and he said, and oh yeah, by the way, um, I want you to tell me what my dream was. And then once you tell me what my dream was, then I'll know that you're legit, that you're real. uh, And then you can tell me the interpretation. Well, they you know, they huffed and they puffed and they were scared and they tried to change his mind and all kinds of things. And they just were not able to get it done. They, they, could, they couldn't do it. And finally, they said, King, there is nobody, nobody in this world that can actually do that. What are you asking for? It's not possible. And um, I, you, you begin to see the limitations of human counsel, human wisdom. And, and here's what I want you to think about. Are there ever instances in in, in our world, and again, we're kind of there right now, but but are there ever instances in our world where our leaders um, are in over their heads and, you know, the wisdom of man isn't going to be enough? And again, let me just kind of throw a couple of examples out here. And of course, again, we're right in the middle of one. I think this is very timely uh, with this coronavirus. Now, 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 listen, we've got some of the most educated, experienced doctors working on this right now. And I'm grateful for that. Absolutely grateful for that. But what we're facing right now is so much bigger than just one man or even probably man's ability. And and let's go a little bit deeper with this. Not just are we dealing with coronavirus, we're dealing with the economics. Is there any man that has the ability to figure out the economics? Because if you listen to this guy, you get one answer. And if you listen to this group, you get another answer. And if you listen to this person, you get another answer. And, you know, after a while, you come to the realization, nobody really knows. How about this one? Um, Coronavirus, the the finances and the economics, not only of of our nation, but the world right now. How about partisan politics? How about the ability to actually get people to come together and see things from the other person's shoes? Is that that the kind of thing that a man and, and man's wisdom alone can do? Or are we talking about stuff where, honestly, it's one of those things, like with Nebuchadnezzar, like with the men he brought in, where it's so big that we absolutely need God to step into the thing. And, and, and here's where I want to go with this tonight is, Christian, those of you that are, are, are followers of Christ, you believe in God, you actually believe that prayer makes a difference. I, I think reading Daniel chapter 2, if nothing else, it ought to cause us to come to appreciate how important it is we pray. We did that last night in our in our prayer meeting. We prayed and we prayed for our world leaders. We prayed for our president, for our Congress. And, and, and listen, I, I hope that's not just something that's happening when we come together corporately through Facebook. I hope daily you're praying for them because right now, and really we ought to be doing this all the time, things are at such a place that man's wisdom isn't going to be enough. We, we need God to step into this and give some answers. Uh, and, and I think we can pull that out of this, these passages in Daniel. Uh, let, let's go a little deeper in this and, and, and look a little further at what happens. Um, let's jump down to verse 17 and pick up there. 
Uh, so the king has told the, the wise men and the, and the sorcerers and all of them, you, you're going to give me the interpretation and you're going to give me the dream or I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your house. I mean, it was a whole, it was a totalitarian, very much a totalitarian nation. And the king was king and he ruled uh, wholeheartedly, completely. Um, he was even considered God uh, in many ways. So they couldn't do it. And finally, the king said, OK, that's fine. If you can't give me the dream and the interpretation, then you are fake. You're a phone. You're fraudulent. Uh, I am going to go ahead and give the order and you and your families will be killed. And he sent out the order and, and his guards went to begin to do that process and to take the lives of these men. And they came to Daniel and they came to his friend Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when they came in, they came into them to speak to them. And, and they came into them to uh, tell them that, look, this is the king's edict. This is what's happened. And, and uh, let's pick up with verse 17. Uh, actually, I want to go back just a little further than that. Let's go back to verse 12. Because of this, the king was angry. They couldn't answer. Very furious. And he commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out and the wise men were about to be killed. And they sought Daniel and his companion to kill them. So they, cha they, 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 look, they look for him and they find him. And there's a really important point for us Christians that were coming up on here. Uh, Daniel and his companions, he, he were, they were sent out to kill Daniel and his companions. In verse 14, then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. Now here's, here's my question for you. Was Daniel being treated fairly? Were his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being treated fairly? I, I got to say they weren't. I mean, they didn't even get the opportunity. And here they're coming to kill them. And, and, and so here's the thing. Is there ever a time in our lives, in my life, in your life, where as a follower of Christ, we're not treated fairly? And maybe even take the Christian piece out of it. Is there ever a time on the job has nothing to do with your faith? Just You just are not treated fairly. I, I've watched this happen. Our, our, I mean, we're living in a world that isn't fair. And, and it should be, but it isn't. Uh, and, and man, this goes just so much across the board with all people, all races, all nationalities, all backgrounds, all ethnic groups, all colors, all everything. People are not always treated fairly. So what do you do when that happens? And especially those of us that are followers of Christ, what do we do? And here's what I see so many times. We become belligerent. We become angry. We become loud. Um, we become, we get our feelings hurt. And I want you to see what Daniel did when he was not treated fairly, when they came to take his life. In verse 14, then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion. And maybe there's some truth in there for us because, uh, look, the world doesn't see things the way we as Christians see things many times. And, and we don't see th 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 things the way that non-believers do many times, whether you're talking, again, finances or politics or culture or whatever. And it's easy to become angry and belligerent, but I think we could take some words of wisdom from Daniel. Daniel replied with prudence and discretion. And maybe there's a place for us to actually take a deep breath and calm down for a moment and think and pray, because that's the other thing Daniel did, and and speak with a, a, an even tone and be able to answer somebody uh, in a way that shows prudence and discretion. And that's what we see in, 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 in Daniel. Daniel did with Arioch. Uh, the king's captain. So let's read on a little further here with this. Verse 15, he declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? And then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel, and Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. Verse 17, then Daniel went to his house and made this matter known to Hananiah, Mish Mishael, 
and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or who we know them as, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men. Now, here's the thing. When we find ourselves in these kind of situations, where we need something bigger than just man's wisdom, we need God, we need to practice prudence and discretion, uh, and then beyond that, we need to get together, be together as the people of God, and we need to go to God. And that's what we did last night for a few minutes, and, and we did it together for a few minutes. And I hope and I believe that's what we're doing. You all are doing. I'm doing. I know daily coming to God and praying to God for mercy. That's what we learned from Daniel. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 is one of my favorite passages because it says all Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, all Scripture is put out there. And this is my paraphrase, but all Scripture is put out there for our teaching, our training, um, being trained up in holiness. It, it's given to help us to learn. And I believe when we read these stories of Daniel, it's there's some powerful things in there we can get a hold of and we can practice. They're not complicated. They're not. They're not. Um, they're they're just not super complicated. But that isn't to say they can't be hard because it takes somebody with a lot of discipline to be consistent, get up every day, and spend time with God and pray for our na nation and our leaders and, and pray for wisdom and pray for those things. But Daniel was in a unique situation that typically we're not in, although maybe we're getting there now. Uh, his life hung in the balance. And, and I'm not saying that any of our lives right now hang in the balance, but I'm going to tell you what's going on in America right now has gotten very serious. So just like it spurred Daniel to pray, let us let it spur us and cause us to pray as well. Um, let's read on a little bit further here. I want you to, let me jump down to verse 21. Daniel um, gets the answer to his prayer. Actually, let's go to verse 19. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. And then Daniel did something. He blessed God. He blessed the God of heaven. And I want you to see this, okay? He changes times. This is how God was blessed whenever his people sought his face, when circumstances were so dire that they had no other choice. It brought glory to God. And that's that, that's that's something, again, we as the people of God do well to remember and, and to grab a hold of and look forward to. In verse 21, Daniel said this. He said, God is so powerful. God is so awesome. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with them. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. And, and I like that piece in there where it says he puts up kings and he takes down kings. Because here's the thing, in about, uh, we're in March, so April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, let me do my math and count it on my fingers, right? Uh, eight months from now, we're going to be selecting a president. And regardless, so again, where you fall on the political spectrum, some people are going to be happy in this nation and some people are not. And we Christians, uh, again, wherever you fall, you may be happy, you may be not. Some will be, some won't be. Um, we need to remember that. God puts men up and God takes men down. It was God that put up Nebuchadnezzar and he was a pretty evil man. And it isn't always just godly people that God allows to be put up. But God, again, let me say it again, God is always in control. Whoever wins, whoever rules, whoever is in control. God ultimately is in control. And we come then to verse 31, and let's do this tonight. I'm trying to watch my clock here a little bit. We've got about five minutes, 10 minutes or so. And if we jump with me down to verse 31, we get into this thing of the dream. And the dream is interesting. 
And this is the prophecy part. And I'm telling you probably right now we're not going to get through this tonight. So we'll pick it up next week. And I hope you guys will reconnect so we can get into this prophetic part. But let me just lay in the next five minutes a little bit of the background for this. And then you guys, if you haven't done it, I encourage you to do it this week. You got the whole week. You got six whole days till next Wednesday. Um, go and read Daniel chapter 2. Read, read the whole thing and especially read verses 31 through 49, the last portion of the passage. He, so here's, here's what happens. Here's the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. He saw a, a large, tall statue or idol, and it was made out of various materials. And a, a lot of people have preached on this over the years and spoken on it, but its head was made out of gold. Um, I'm trying to read my notes here. Uh, yeah, Stacy, you may be right. I don't know. I don't know that the election, I, I don't feel like the election is going to happen. Uh, I hope it does. I, at this point, I got to believe it does. But I'm going to tell you, we certainly are in uncertain times, aren't we? Regardless of where, whether it does or doesn't happen, we're in very uh, interesting times. And again, it's just an opportunity and a need. Uh, uh, I think a, it should be an inspiration, a catalyst for us to pray that much harder. Uh, to see what happens, because if we get, if we actually get there, then you can figure this world's it's not the same world that we had uh, when 2020 rolled around. That is that is absolutely for sure. Um, but we'll know we'll know in a few months. So this tall statue that the king dreams of, it's got a head of gold. Uh, it's got a torso and arms that are made out of silver. It's got legs um, that are made out of bronze and uh, thighs and, and part of its legs are iron, and then its feet are made out of iron and clay. And let me actually just see if I can find that passage here, and we'll, we'll read on through it a little bit. Um, I've got the interpretation there in verse 30, 31, but let's see if we can find out where it is here and, and get into the whole thing uh, from the king's perspective. So go with me. Um, yeah, I didn't mark that very well. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and just pick up with 31, and you'll you'll see how it all falls together as Daniel lays it out there for us. You saw, O king, this is Daniel giving the explanation, okay? You saw, O king, and behold, a great image. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, and its chest and arms of silver. Its middle and thighs were of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hands. And it's really important. Notice this. Uh, a, a stone was cut out by no human hands. In other words, it was supernatural. It was, it was uh, and think about the New Testament reference to a stone uh, and who and what is the stone. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hands, and it, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. And then the iron and the clay and the bronze, the silver and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the shaft of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And I'm trying to watch our comments here uh, as well. Yeah, we are certainly uh, in uncertain times. Prayer is a really important thing. And uh, so what is, the, what is the statue? What is that describing? So let me just give you these, these, these pieces of it. This is the way that Daniel laid it out. The gold, uh, he says, O Nebuchadnezzar, it's you. You're the gold head. 
Well, Nebuchadnezzar had to be pretty excited right then, right? Hey, I'm the boss, I'm the head, I'm the top, I'm, I'm the guy. And But then he goes on and he says, Nebuchadnezzar, you will not be king and your kingdom will not rule forever and ever because after you there will be another kingdom that will rise up and it rep is represented by the silver. Uh, that's the Medo-Persian Empire. Most people believe, and I, I happen to agree with that, it's the Medo-Persian Empire that came after the, the Babylonians. And he says, and then that empire is also going to fall and it's going to be followed by one that's made of bronze. And most people, and again, I agree, it's, it was the Grecian Empire led by Alexander the Great. And then that empire is also going to fall and it is uh, iron. It's described as iron in this thing. And uh, the iron is the Roman Empire led by Caesar. And then he talks about this bottom empire. And this is where it gets really interesting. He talks about this last empire that is the feet that has the ten toes uh, on it that's made of iron and clay. In other words, most people think it's probably it's a divided empire. It, we can get into this deeper next week. It's ten kingdoms. And they don't always get together, but there's some kind of federation. And here's where it gets really interesting. And this is where we're going to leave off this week, okay? Um, here's where it gets really interesting. It is that last empire. It is the last ten nations that are ruling as a federation. They're the ones that are in power whenever the stone that is not cut by any human hand uh, comes into place and destroys them. And, and scatters them, makes them like dust, like nothing. And then that stone that was not cut by human hands becomes a great mountain and covers the entire earth. Now, there's a lot of symbolism in, in there, but let me just give you a couple things to think about this week, okay? First one would be um, New Testament. There's a man by the name of Jesus that's described as the stone that the builders rejected. All right, the stone that the builders rejected. If you happen to read on down in verses 47 and 45, I believe it is, um, we're specifically told that the stone is the kingdom of God that's going to come. So what we see is there's going to come a day, and this is where the prophecy and the history piece of it comes in. Um, for them, this was all prophecy because uh, none of these nations, Medo-Persia hadn't risen, Greece hadn't risen, Rome hadn't risen, risen. Uh, none of those things had happened. For them, it was prophecy. For us, it's history. We see that Rome came to power. We see that, that uh, Medo-Persia came to power. We see that Greece came to power. We see all those things that happened. But what happened ha hasn't happened yet is the ten nations, at least that, that we can see, have not yet risen. Now, this is where it gets really interesting, and we can spend a little bit of time on it next week. Um, I can remember back in the 80s hearing people talk about the European Union that was developing then was going to be those 10 nations. And at the time, if I remember right, there were about nine nations in the European Union. Um, okay, awesome. That makes sense because they flowed out of the old Roman Empire. And people were saying, you know, that means that Jesus is coming uh, really, 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 really soon because now we've got, we're almost on the verge. And, and I can remember people saying one more kingdom, one more nation is going to be added to the EU and that's going to be it. And, and this thing's going to be over. And that isn't the way it worked out. And that's why we got to be real careful with our are, we got to be very humble when we put prophetic type of things out there or interpretations of prophecy out there uh, because at last count, there were actually 28 nations in the EU. Okay, 28. Now, here's where it gets really interesting because as of the day of Brexit, there were 27. So, uh, you know, I, and, and where we're at financially as a world right now and, and now that one nation's left the EU, is it possible for others? I, I don't know. I'm not going to speak to that, but it becomes really interesting how God's word will ultimately be fulfilled. Um, I don't know how that's going to work, but I know that there's going to come a day where that 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 stone uh, that the builders rejected, uh, his kingdom is already it's here and is coming. Uh, 
Uh, and there is going to come a day where it will fully come, and we can talk more about that next week. And when that happens, all those men and nations that think they're ultimate and think they're awesome uh, will be scattered as dust, and the kingdom of God will be here, and he will rule, and he will reign, uh, and it will be an awesome time. So I hope out of all that tonight, you all grab some meat, some truth, and hopefully some challenge too. We, we, we as the people of God, listen, we've got to be praying. We've got to spend time with God. If you've got any questions along the way, if anything tonight didn't click exactly, um, it's a little bit different experience to do this with Facebook Live and trying to read the comments and get you guys engaged. Um, I appreciate you all staying on. I hope you got something out of this. Uh, above all else, man, let's pray. Let's be praying for our nation, praying for our leaders, praying for our president, praying for our Congress, praying for one another. Uh, I spoke to a few people today, uh, several that we had prayed for leaving last night, and they're feeling better. Ruthie's had contact with a number of people, um, and you guys keep reaching out to one another also and um, caring for one another, loving each other. And don't forget to cross the street and check on your neighbor. Uh, it's a great opportunity for us to truly be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So let's do that. Hey, let's pray tonight. I'm going to let you get out of here. And uh, you ha have a great week. Um, whether you're out and about or you are sheltering in place, have a great week and be blessed. And let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for this night. Thank you for this group of people that on a Wednesday will, will tune in, plug in, connect God to hear a little bit of the word of God taught and preach. And I pray out of this that you, you teach us a couple things. One is that you're always in control. Two is that, God, there are moments in time where man's wisdom isn't enough and we absolutely need you and we're in one of those right now. And God, three, let us just be a people of prayer. Uh, there is a day where your kingdom's coming, and it probably is very soon, w without a doubt. That I believe that it's very soon. But in the meantime, God, we're called to be good stewards, and that means be people of prayer. And, and whether it's long prayers, short prayers, developed prayers, undeveloped prayers, God, let us just simply open our mouths and our hearts and talk to you. Lord, I pray you protect this congregation. I pray you protect this city. I pray you protect, God, those around us in our neighborhoods. I pray, God, that you bless our nation. I pray you give wisdom to our Congress and our president. I pray, God, that you break through the politics. And, and I pray, God, that your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. You are absolutely the best. Um, have a great week. And we'll see you back um, Sunday morning at 1015. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.